You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. So go ahead and worship. Go ahead and worship him. His name is Jesus. He's the Alpha and he's the Omega. The Lion and the Lamb. Worship him. Worship your King. Worship our King. He is the King whose subjects are also kings. We are priests and kings made by him, unto him, to worship him. Like our big brothers in heaven, the 24 elders, kings who put their crowns down and worship the king of kings who sits upon the throne forever and ever. Let's worship him that cannot be defeated, him who is God all by himself. He was not voted into the office of being God. He cannot be removed from the office of being God. He is God with or without our consent, permission or approval. He is God all the same. He is the one that cannot be defeated. He is the commander of armies that are not mortal. He is the grand commander of the angel armies. The one who rules over the affairs of men. He has been God. He is God. He will always be God. And he will always be good. Lord Jesus Christ, we worship you. Oh Lord, we worship you beyond the singing, beyond the music. Lord God, we add our voices to say you are good. And your mercies endure forever. Your mercies endure forever. Brethren, please adore him. Adore him who lives forever. Adore him whose voice is mighty. Whose voice tears down the cedars of Lebanon. Worship him. His name is Yahweh. Worship the name of the one who is most high. Ruler of everything and everyone. Creator of all things seen and unseen. The one who made us celestial bodies and put them where they are. The one who created this territory called planet earth and created all that territories all for his pleasure they were and they are created for his pleasure alone lord god almighty creator of all things we worship you this morning before we continue with what we are here to do we just want to worship you this is why we are here to give you praise and we will do so forever forever in your presence forever we will worship forever we will worship and adore you lord let our worship and praise singing this morning be acceptable before you lord god we silence every voice that is not yours in the name of jesus christ we put an end to every motion that is against your word in the name of jesus christ every internal workings that is contrary to the will of your spirit lord jesus this morning we arrest them we arrest those workings and put them in subjection to you that indeed all things will bow to you that indeed all concepts and philosophies and ideologies will bow to you that you will reign on as king not only in heaven but right here on earth and write in our hearts that you will reign as supreme king that you are. Lord, be glorified now and forever. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. I'm fired up this morning, excited to be here. And I'm sure you are excited too because God is set to do great and mighty things in our midst. Without further ado, I just want to welcome you and say take 
your time to take notes today because the Lord will be speaking to us directly and I know that we will be blessed as we hear his word in the name of Jesus Christ. But adventure, you were not here with us last week. We began a series called Road to Recovery. Road to Recovery. And the essence is to extract, extract and present lessons on the road to recovery. I'm sure we all know the story all too well. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30, where David's home in Ziklag at the time was robbed, his wife and children, and the wives and children of his men were carted away, taken captive, and their home was burnt with fire. And God intervened because David asked the Lord for direction. And we know how the story ended, that indeed David did not only pursue, he caught up, overtook, and recovered all that was stolen from him. This is the experience we hope to have this year in a church as the year of refreshing and recovery. And we know that this is possible. But wait a minute. We are saying, are there lessons laced on the road to recovery that we can pick? Actually, many of us are always too excited about destination that we forget to enjoy the journey. The journey is where the fun is. The journey is where the lessons are. The journey is where the process is. So if we learn what the process is, we can replicate it. If we pick the lessons, then we can reproduce the results that is called refreshing and recovery. And that's why we are taking our time early in the year to address the subject of recovery but with emphasis on picking lessons in the life of David as he went on the road to recovery. And I, I'm very sure that those of us who listened last week to the podcast or you joined the live service that we're having right now, I'm sure you took one or two things away. Um, I'd just like to have a quick recap. Uh, we established last week that um, what gives the enemy an advantage is access. And access is your prerogative as a person. If you do give the enemy access, the enemy does what the enemy does. The enemy gets access, he then goes ahead to assault you, to cause arson, to arrest you, and to abduct what matters to you. I pray that you will not give that privileged access to the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. Today we go very quickly to our next topic in the series. In fact, if you like, call it the next stop in the road to recovery. And I've called the title of this one, Pop the Question. Pop the Question. That's what the name of this topic is today. You know, I know that sounds a bit different. You know, talking about what today looks like. Today being 12th of February 2022, and we know something special is happening all over the world on Monday, 14th February 2022. Whether you like it or not, everywhere is already red. Go everywhere on social media. It's red, 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 red. Everybody is talking about buying this product, buying that product for him, for her. And you know, a lot of things are happening. You know, dating couple will be planning. Oh, the, the woman will be asking. Asking herself, oh, will he pop the question on Monday? Will he pop the question? The guys too will be asking themselves, should I pop the question on Monday? Should I pop the question? So, yeah, we all want to pop the question. But sometimes we leave big questions unpopped. And that's one of the things we're going to be addressing today. How about we pop the question to a different person? How about pop the question to Jesus? Because he's waiting for you. Let's go quickly to our text. First Samuel chapter 30 which we started from last week. We read first six verses last week. So we're going to read three more verses today. And that's going to be the anchor for our message today. Are you ready with me? Open your Bibles with me to the book of First chapter 30. And I'm going to read verses 6 to 8. All right. The Bible says in verse 6, Now David was greatly distressed. 
for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God then David said to Abiathar the priest Abimelech's son Ahimelech's son I beg your pardon please bring me the effort and Abiathar brought the effort to David so David inquired of the Lord saying shall I pursue the troop he popped another question shall I overtake them the Bible says and he God answered him pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. God said pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. wow you know we know this story all too well and uh, I just like to drill in a bit a bit this morning please stay with me you know many times we quote this scripture and we make it look like it's automatic every time you go to God to say should I pursue God says pursue there are times God says refrain from pursuing ah Ecclesiastes chapter 3 they say there's time for everything time for everything and he puts opposites contrary events and listed them as being positioned on the template of time Say there is a time to love. There is a time to refrain from loving. There is a time to embrace. There is a time to refrain from embracing. There is a time to gain. There is a time to lose. We don't like all those parts. When you say there is a time to lose. Actually, there are times God will say, do not pursue. Stay action. Do not pursue. So it is not to be taken for granted. That each time there is a loss, we should go and pursue. No, 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 no. We have to do what David did. At least David did it correctly here. You know, last week we talked about a situation where David did not ask God before going to Gath to go to meet Akish and to pitch his tent with the enemy in Ziklag. And we know, based on what we said last week, and what's in scriptures, that they ended badly because there was loss. And this is the loss that started being explained here in chapter 30, verse 6. The Bible says that people were so distressed they thought of stoning David. They thought of lynching David. You caused us this loss. Everybody was discouraged. Everyone was discouraged so much more they wanted to kill their leader. Of course, the Bible says even David wept. He wept like his men wept until he didn't have energy to weep anymore. You know someone who's been there? Yeah. Oh, I've been, I've been sad, sad many, many, many times depressed until I began to find the secret to what David did you know back then as a younger man I remember when, whenever something that I didn't like happened to me I would withdraw to myself like I had a shell that I always you know reverted to I would run away from people whenever I had an outcome that was not favorable I would not talk to anyone and for days I would be in a prison of my own shell just running there becoming her emits just go in there and not talk to anyone. Just want to lie down in bed. Even though my mind is not sleeping, but I will force my body to stay in bed. And I will not talk to anyone and I will not do anything. And I will not have appetite for food. And I will not have appetite for speaking with loved ones. It was a cage that I made for myself. Custom made, fit for purpose, cage that I made for myself. 
And for years I tormented myself because I didn't understand the power of you encouraging yourself. That is strengthening yourself from within. Strengthening yourself. Summoning courage when all around you feels like you are nothing. You are no one. You've lost. You are a failure. What do you do? You can either go coiling your shell and be weeping and feeling sorry for yourself or even some others. They make it more fun. They throw a pity party. They call everyone that cares to listen. Oh, I've suffered this loss. And everyone comes around them to mourn with them. Not to really console them or comfort them. But to just join them in, in their mourning. To create a party. David didn't do this. He understood that weeping is not going to change anything. Hmm? Weeping. You know, the Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes with the morning. Do you know why joy comes with the morning? Something happened between that night and the morning. It's called prayer. It's called intervention. If you like, weep from now till tomorrow. If you don't pray, nothing is going to change. So the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord is God. Then he was able to inquire from the Lord. He said, why we struggle to inquire from God is that our heart is so weak and it's in such a position that prayer feels like the very last thing we want to do. James chapter 5 verse 13. You know, he was making, the apostle James was making prescription. He said, guys, if any one of you is suffering, he said, what do you do? Let him pray. James 5 13. Let him pray. When we feel bad, when we feel that we have lost something, when we suffer, I know and I agree with you, we are flesh and blood. The last thing you really want to do is pray. In fact, it's that moment you want to start blaming God. Didn't they say he's a kind God? Didn't they say he's a good God? Could he not have warned me about this? Could he not have prevented it? Didn't they say he's the all-powerful God? Could he not have stopped it? If he really cared enough, could he not have intervened? No, he's still God, whether you like it or not. Whether we lost or we gained, he's still God. Whether we are tall or we are short, he's still God. Whether we are fair or dark, he's still God. Whether we are employed or not employed, he's still God. Whether we are engaged or not engaged, he's still God. Whether we have admission or we don't have admission, he's still God. What changes the situation is when you go to him in prayers. Then you will see him as God, who is the one who changes the situation. Then he steps into the situation. He gives you direction and he provides support to make it happen. You may not feel like it when you suffer loss or when you are depressed. But what you really need is prayer. Yes, what you really need is prayer. So the Bible says in verse 7, after David had strengthened himself in the Lord is God, or in some other versions, encouraged himself in the Lord is God. He said, then, not before, not before, after David had strengthened himself in the Lord is God, encouraged himself, he has found comfort. I don't know what David did. Maybe he took one of his psalms. Maybe he was singing again. For you are good and your mercy is forever. Hallelujah. I don't know what he did. I don't know whether he, 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 he remembered some of the times that God delivered him from the hand of Saul. I don't know whether he, he replayed the message when he stepped into that field as that 17 year old and everybody was afraid for his life. And Goliath was making comments to say, do you think I'm a dog? You've come to me with sticks and stones. I'm going to make a mess of him. I'm to feed your flesh to the vultures in the air. And David whispered that little prayer, Lord, help me. And he slung the stone and he hit him right on the head and made the giant fall. 
I don't know what he remembered, but he remembered that there is one who knows what we don't know. So the Bible says, David encouraged himself and he therefore inquired. He therefore inquired. So brethren, pick yourself up. Don't stay in that zone where you can pray. Encourage yourself. Then go meet him and pray. God is not moved by emotion. God had been there all along. David was weeping. Everybody was weeping. Nothing changed. There was no word. You want to hear a word from him? Find encouragement. Sometimes, maybe you can find it alone. You are so bruised. Life has hit you so hard. It's boxed you into a corner. It's like you're watching a boxing match and you're tired. You are in the twelfth round. Your opponent is so strong. He's got you into the corner of the rope and he's punching relentlessly. Sixty punches per minute. He's hitting you every time. But there is somewhere you can get encouragement. It's called scriptures. The Bible talks about the encouragement of scriptures. The Bible talks about brethren, iron sharpening iron. The Bible talks about fellowship. We bearing each other's burden. You can find encouragement there. Peradventure, your encouragement tank is low. Your encouragement account is low. Somebody can deposit encouragement into that account. There's someone in church, there's a pastor, there's a friend that is a mature Christian that you can confide in and they can encourage you. They can send you a word of encouragement so you can be in the mode where you can talk to God without emotions coloring your judgments. So David got up and inquired from the Lord. But something interesting happened here, you know, this is very funny. Bible says, then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring me the effort. And Abiathar brought the effort to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? So it's a bit funny, and maybe I should pause to, to shed some light here, by the grace of God. You know, normally, you will expect that when David is there like that, discouraged, and he had finally summoned courage, and he's encouraged himself in the Lord his God, that the priest will do his job. And there was a priest there, his name was Abiathar, son of Ahimelech. Ahimelech was a priest. So Abiathar is from a family of priests. But then, even Abiathar couldn't do anything for David. Oh Lord Jesus, you don't get me. There are times where even the ones that you think will be able to stand in the gap for you cannot stand in the gap. So you got to stand in the gap for yourself. Yeah? You got to rise. Abiathar was having his own issues. If you know what happened before now, and uh, maybe I can quickly flip back and you know just say one or two things about the relationship between Abiathar and David. Abiathar is actually an SKP priest, a young SKP priest. What happened? If you flip back to um, chapter twenty, if you go to chapter twenty-two, yeah. So David, before chapter twenty-two, had gone to the temple, you know, he had met Abiathar's father, that is Ahimelech, the priest. He had met him in the temple. David was hungry. You remember the story? David was hungry and there was no common bread to eat and his men were around and they didn't have food. They were very hungry. They, they've been on an expedition, you know. Bible said they went to the priest and David was trying to negotiate with the priest. Say, please sir, give us something. Do you have anything at all for your boys? Anything for your boys? And the priest said, ah, 
We, we, we don't have something for the boys. We only have something in the presence of the Lord. The showbread. And it's, it's supposed to be sacred. But since you insist, if you meet certain conditions, if your men have not been sleeping around, you know, and you know, everybody has been doing the right thing, maybe we can. We can make an exception and give you this showbread, this very hallowed bread. For today, you know, and then we say, yes, yes, I vouch for them. In fact, for the last three days, no woman has come to our camp and blah, blah, blah. So the priest, you remember the story, gave the bread to David, David ate, his men ate. After eating that, David began to ask some other things. Do you happen to have a sword here, yeah? or a spear, or anything, any weapon? And man was like, what's going on here? Why did you bring your own? You are David, you are the uh, bodyguard of King Saul. Why did you bring your son? Say, actually, uh, the, the king's business required so much haste. I didn't take anything. I just, you know, came on my own. Say, okay, well, we've got a sword here. Actually, it's a sword that you're familiar with. The sword of Goliath, the giant, the one that you killed. We kept it here. Say, oh, that's fantastic. That's a good sword. I should know how to use that. I've used that before. I used it to take down the head of the giant. So I shouldn't be able to use that. So they gave him the sword of Goliath. And some other things happened. He inquired of the Lord. And after that, he went his way. But that wasn't all. There was someone in the temple. The Bible says he was detained. He was detained in the temple by the Lord. Doing. So, Bible said that guy saw the transaction that happened between David and Ahimelech. That is Abiathar's father. So, of course, David went. David was running from Saul, who was trying to kill him. So, at some point, Saul was trying to gather intelligence about the whereabouts of David. And David spoke up and said, oh, I know. I saw that guy. He went to the temple. He met Ahimelech, the priest. In fact, Ahimelech, the priest, gave him food and gave him counsel. He inquired of the Lord. And Saul was furious. Saul went there, rounded up the priest, Ahimelech, and everybody in his father's house. And commanded that they be killed. Of course, his soldiers were afraid to touch God's anointed people. So his own servants wouldn't do it. The guy, Doeg, is an Edomite. He's not an Israelite. So the guy didn't, he didn't think it was a great thing to lay hands on the servants of the Lord. Lord Jesus, help me. And this is how we are too today. Saul himself anointed. Makala Dalibia. Saul himself anointed he slew other people who were servants of the Lord, priests of the Lord people who stood in the gap between men and God, people who spoke to God on behalf of the people Saul the anointed one commanded that those men be, be killed we see it happening again today we cannibalize one another because you, you feel someone else is not in your camp, they are not in your denomination, you cannibalize them. It's a kingdom, friends, it's a kingdom. One lord, one flock, one shepherd, one fold. So commanded that the priests be killed. They killed 75 of them. 75 of them. But Abiata escaped. He escaped with the effort. So this is this is what happened to Abiata. Abiata himself was he was a man who was suffering. Great loss, so he couldn't help David. David said, if I wait for Abiata to help me, we are all going to wait here in vain. So David said, Abiata, I know you are the priest, but please give me the effort. Let me ask the Lord myself. Thank God for relationship. David had a relationship with God. He said, give me the effort. I will do it myself. I will ask the Lord. I'm a child of God. I will ask the Lord. There are times where your pastor too is weak. 
or depressed or something bad has happened to him. You've got to have a relationship with God so that you can also ask the Lord. You know, in this day and time, it was the priest that inquired for the people. But the priest at this point in time was not available to do it because he was not in a mental state fit enough to even encourage his own self before asking the Lord. So David did it. David rose and inquired from the Lord. He popped those two simple questions. And if you observe, you know, the style in those days was not to say something lengthy. The style is to ask God direct, simple questions, meaning questions that require yes or no. As a matter of fact, it was the, the system of the day to use the effort for discerning what the will of God was. The effort carried the Uriman Turin. You know, the effort had this, this pocket in the chest where those sacred stones and articles were kept. And you would either get a yes or a no. So David asked God two direct questions. Shall I pursue this troop? Direct question. He can only have two answers. It's a yes or it's a no. And he followed it up. Shall I overtake them? Shall I pursue? Shall I overtake? And God answered him directly. Yes, you shall pursue. And surely you shall overtake them. And without fail, recover all. God gave him bonus answer. He didn't ask him, will I overtake and recover all? God said, yes, you will overtake. But not only overtake, you will recover all. And that's what's waiting for us. You never know what God is going to say to you until you start popping the question. Don't seal your mouth. Be like David. Pop the question. You see, David had done this many, 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 many times before. So he knows how to engage God. You know, many of us come to God and instead of praying, we are complaining. Have you asked God anything? No. You are busy ranting before God. Prayer time is not ranting time. It's inquiry time. It's enforcement time. David didn't go to God and say, Oh God, oh no, you know, I suffer so much loss. They've taken everything that matters to me. They've taken my wives, they've taken my children. My men have lost their wives and their children. Oh God, aren't you going to do something about it? God said, I'm going to do something, but you've not asked me a direct question. You've not asked me a direct question. What should I do now that I am here? What should I do? Should I pursue or should I let go? If I pursue, will I be able to catch up and overtake them? Or should I not bother? So David asked him. Let's see other examples where David had asked God direct questions. And we, we, we said last week that in many, 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 many times, too many times than this service or message will permit us to enumerate, David would ask God, should I do it? How should I do it? David would ask God very specific questions. Go back to... Um, First Samuel chapter 23. Chapter 23. Something very interesting here happened. Let me read a couple of verses. From verse 1. Bible says, Then David, they told David, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Kayla. And they are robbing the threshing floors. That is, they are saying, David, you know you have always been looking for opportunity to annihilate the Philistines. And this is an opportunity. In fact, they are doing something bad now. You have a good excuse to go strike them. So the Bible says in verse 2, David did not jump into the conclusion that this is a good opportunity. Because you never know. You never really, really know. 
So the Bible says in verse 2 of chapter 23 of the book of 1 Samuel. Verse 2. The Bible says, Therefore, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? You'll be wondering, David, what are you asking? Hasn't God commissioned you to be king? Hasn't he anointed you? Hasn't he given you ability to overcome your enemies? Didn't he give you the chief of the Philistines? The the Goliath man from Gath, didn't you finish him? This should be easy pie. This, there's no giant here. Just go in there and I'll just destroy these guys. He said, no, 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 no. I never really know. So the Bible said, he asked God, should I go and attack the Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go and attack the Philistines and save Caleb. Oh yes, this opportunity is a good one. And there is a good purpose behind it. And your motive is clear. Your motive is go to go save people. So I endorse it. Go ahead. I'm with you. Verse 3. The Bible says, But David's men said to him, Look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Kela against the armies of the Philistines? You know, we, we get to this point in our lives too. You have heard something from God. God has told you very clearly. This is what you should do. But your stakeholders, they don't have the liver. Your council members don't have the liver. Your echoes are afraid to make the move. God has given you a direction as the father of the house. Your wife and children, they are worried. God said, leave this job. <laughs> and they are wondering, what is going to happen to us? How are we going to feed? How do we pay the school fees? How do we pay our rent? What about insurance? But God said, leave. You ask God, should I leave? God said, leave. I've got something bigger. But God, in his characteristic form, has not given you all the answers. He has given you some of the answers. Waiting for you to take the first step so that you can see the rest of the answers. <laughs> I don't know why God does it. But this is what God does all the time. You go to God to ask for direction, you know, and he gives you, take step one. I will give you clarity on step one. But you and God know that after step one, there is a lot of things that need to happen. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> He's waiting for you to take step one. If you don't take step one, you will not know the direction for step two. You don't know where you will say, turn 30 degrees north and move five kilometers in your bearing. You never know. <laughs> so you got to take step one first before you know what God is saying. So David hit the roadblock. His stakeholders would not want to go with him. So what did David do? David didn't argue with them. David went back to the Lord. Verse 4. Then David inquired of the Lord once again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise. Go down to Kela. I'm not moved by what your stakeholders are moved by. I am not faced by what they are afraid of. It doesn't scare me. Go down to Kela, For I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Kila and forced the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Kila. When God gives you direction, you win. You win. Later, after defeating the Philistines in Kila, David and his men stood back in Kila. You see, <laughs> Lord Jesus, help me. Lord Jesus, help me. I don't have time to read all, all this. God had said, go to Kila. Go do this project. And David had gone and done the project. He succeeded because God backed him. But after he succeeded, Bible said they stayed there. Hmm? So now it happened, verse 6, 
When Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled, this same Abiathar, this was when he ran to go and join David. He went to meet David at Kela, that he went down with an effort in his hand. And Saul was told that David had gone to Kela. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand again. For he has shot himself in the entering, by entering a town that has gates and bars. Then Saul called all the people together for war. Go down to Kela and besiege David and his men. God told David, go to Kela and do the job. He had done it. I would think that God should be asked again. So now that I've done this project in Kela and finished it, this expedition was a successful one. What is the next step? David did what we normally do. David didn't move. So he stayed there. The success had happened in Kela. He stayed there. He didn't ask God, God, is it time to go? Or should I stay in Kela? So he decided to stay in Kela with his men. But he didn't know trouble was coming. This is the way the enemy traps us. And we get confused. And we start asking ourselves questions. Oh, didn't God send me to that place? Oh yes, God sent you. For a purpose. And the purpose had been fulfilled. But you stayed. God didn't say stay. So when David got intelligent, he said, Saul is looking for you. He already knows your coordinates. He knows that you are in Caleb. And he knows that that is a walled city. You can't get out. Because the king is going to besiege that city. He's going to give command that nobody should let you go out. If you stay there, you may die. The Bible said David became afraid. And he went again to God. In verse 9, the Bible says, When David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring me the effort here. He remember this exact way it happened in chapter 13. He told Abiata, Abiata, you run away, priest. I beg, you can't do this job now. Give me the effort. Let me ask the Lord. He said to Abiata the priest, Bring the effort here. Then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Kela to destroy the city for my sake. Verse 11. David popped another question. Will the men of Kela deliver me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. Bible says, and the Lord said, he will come down. Oh boy, Saul is coming down. There's nothing you're going to do about that. Trouble is coming. Hear it from me now. God told David, guy, this Saul is coming. Then David said, Will the men of Kela deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you. <laughs> I love the Lord. You see, God, God is not a pretender. God is not someone who sugarcoats things. God said, if you stay in this place. Yes, I was the one who sent you here for an assignment. And you have finished the assignment. You decided to stay, no problem. But if you stay beyond what I have asked you to do, they are going to lynch you here. Huh? Thank God for David being sensitive in the spirit. David went to ask the Lord. God told him, if you stay, Saul will come. Not only that Saul will come, the men of this city, they will betray you and hand you over into the hand of Saul. You will know what's going to happen if you enter the trap of Saul. The Bible said David took, took his men and said, guys, guys, we can't stay here. They fled as far as they could. They went wherever they could. Bible said, even though they left, Saul kept looking for them. But God protected David from Saul. So David was a man who knew how to inquire from the Lord. He would ask God direct questions and get guidance. That's why they despair the distraction and the discouragement from the, the people around him. 
David popped the question to God. Lord God Almighty, what should I do in this situation? And he did that all through scriptures. Check. I don't have enough time to go through all the many times that David will ask the Lord direct questions. Should I do it? Should I not do it? We see how many times he didn't ask God we know the things that happened to him. Question. Why did it become such a habit for David to keep asking God? Inquiring from the Lord. Popping questions to God. And why should it become our own habit too? Because I know many of us, we don't ask God. No, we don't. We just worry and whine. We don't take our request to God. Why did it make so much sense for David? And why should it make so much sense for us? To pop the question to God. To ask God questions. To inquire from the Lord. Number one. Man has limited knowledge. Why God's knowledge is infinite. The Bible calls him the omniscient one. He knows all things. Past, present and future. That's why you got to ask God. You don't know everything. I know you don't like that. Many of us like feeling very smart. Like we know everything that's going to happen. We know everything that has happened. We know everything that is happening. You don't. You don't. You don't. Look around you. Too many things you don't know. Too many moving parts. Variables that you don't control. They are not moving linearly. You don't control them. The factors, the forces that drive the outcomes of life. They are not always linear. You can't always program them. Thank God for the things we know. Oh God, we know a lot. But what we know is just a fragment, a, 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 a very small portion of the things that can be known. Guess what? All that can be known is in God. He has all the answers. He knows all the issues. He's the one who has accurate diagnosis. You know, sometimes you're feeling bad. Your body is feeling somehow. You know you're feeling sick. Your body is feeling in a strange way. And you go to the hospital to run tests. And they run tests for six months. All kinds of tests. And they come back and they say they find nothing. Yes. You know why? There are things that their instruments and their methods cannot find. Mm -mm. They, they can't find some things. You know, I think we've normalized it in this part of the world. You know, when doctors can't find what is wrong with you. And we thank God for doctors and the knowledge of what God has given them. Science and all that. A point comes when they realize this thing is not ordinary. They ask you, are you a Christian or a Muslim? Say, go and pray. When doctor is telling you, go and pray. They are saying, we can't find what is wrong with you. From our instruments, we can't find it. But we know there is something because you know there is something. And we can see that there is something, but we can't find what it is. Guess what? There's someone who always knows what it is. Not only that he has the diagnosis, he knows what you need to do to get out of it. And that's why it's good, necessary, and vital for us to ask God. You know, there was a battle. I'm sure you remember the battle. A small country called Ai. They were fighting against the children of Israel under the leadership of Joshua the captain, the commander, the general. And the Bible says they went to battle. In fact, they went with very few men. Because having defeated Jericho, Jericho was a walled city. Having received strategic direction from God on how they were going to sink the walls of Jericho. You know, they felt running on this two-world nation with very few people would be easy-peasy. 
So they went there with few soldiers. Let's just go clear these ones and move on to the next expedition. Bible said they got the shock of their lives. Israelites were beaten right, left, and center. They were beaten blue back. Their men killed. Their men fled. Joshua said, This is not ordinary. There has to be something. Thank God for training. Joshua began to ask the Lord, God, what is wrong? God said, There is somebody who has done something I told you not to do. God switched him out. Bible said they lined up everybody, they began to investigate. Tear by tear, they went from each level of hierarchy until they got to the family unit. And they spotted the man, Achan. Clear diagnosis. He was the one who did what God said they should not do. He took for himself what God said they should destroy. And he went to hide it under his tent. They would never have known that that was the reason. They would have thought maybe these guys are just smarter and stronger. Maybe they are just faster. And they would have gone with more men and they would have been defeated again and again until they found the roots of the problem. Many of us are fighting symptoms. We are not fighting the roots because we are not asking God. You don't know all things. There are times, and I said this earlier, that even when you have suffered loss, God does not want you to pursue. He wants you to ask Him. Don't jump into the conclusion that every time I lose something, I must pursue it. Some of you have lost relationships that God made you to lose. He caused you to lose, but you are pursuing it because we said it's a year of recovery. You want to go and recover it. Valentine is coming. I must recover the relationship. Don't ruin yourself. Don't ruin yourself. Some things, if they come back to your life, they will destroy you, not lift you. That's why you need to ask God, should I pursue? Don't jump into the conclusion. And when you do ask God, you must know the person you are talking to. He is God. And when you come to Him, you must surrender everything that competes with Him. Everything that competes with His Word. His Word is not an opinion. His Word is the Word. You may hear something else from another source. What you hear from Him is the Word. It's not to be just opposed with your intellect. You must surrender your intellect. I know you are intelligent. Your IQ is superb. You are fast. You are intelligent. You know a lot of things. But when you come to God, you must drop that. The Bible talked about the 24 elders. Even though they are kings, they put down their crowns when they worship God. You must put down that intellect so that you can hear God well. God's word is not meant for your analysis when you are inquiring from Him. He's not asking you to go and present scenarios as God. You think the scenarios you have in your head are the only scenarios because you don't have all the facts. God has more scenarios than you have on your own chart. Ask God. And if you come to God, you must surrender your will, not just your intellect. You know, sometimes we come to God, we already have an answer in our hearts. Lord, this guy, I like him. I want to marry this guy. I like the way he talks. I like the way he thinks. I like the way he looks. I like his virtues. In fact, he's a Christian. He prays hard. He prays well. Lord, who should I marry? But in your mind, you're saying, God, please let it be James. And God knows that the assignment he gave James on earth will end in three years' time. Do you want to be a young widow? So God is not the kind of person you come to and you already have an answer. If you have an answer, why don't you run with your answer? When you come to God, you must surrender your will. Put it down. Put it down. Even Jesus, when he went to God in Garden of Gethsemane in prayer, saying, Lord, isn't there another way? Isn't there another way? Please, let this cup pass over me. But he said, nevertheless, 
not my will, but yours be done. Yours be done. Sometimes God tells us things and we don't like what he tells us. So we go back and do what we have always wanted to do anyways. This is not how to inquire from God. You don't come to God with your own will and say, this is what I will prefer, Lord. Why don't you bless what I will prefer? When you come to God to inquire, you need to set aside your emotions. Set it aside. Because it can cloud your judgment. You come to God, you are angry. Lord, should I break his head? Should I break his head? And God said, don't break his head. It is not my way that you should break somebody's head. Because you are angry, you may still go ahead after leaving that place of prayer and still go and break the head. Because emotion is carrying you. You're just angry. You feel cheated. You feel unloved. You feel used. You feel abused. You want to take vengeance. So that the, the whole essence of the prayer is for God to endorse your vengeance. God said, no, leave vengeance alone. Vengeance is mine. I have exclusive right over vengeance. I will avenge, says the Lord. Don't avenge. I will do it. I don't know who I'm speaking to. Someone has offended you. And you are scheming and planning how you are going to get your pound of the flesh. Leave that pound of the flesh. It's a thing of the flesh. To want to get the pound of the flesh. It's not of the spirit. The spirit of God cannot be leading you like that. Hear what the Lord is saying to you. Drop it. Don't let emotion carry you. When you come to God, you must drop another thing. It's your dependence on your resources. You've got to drop it. You know, David could have thought, I have 600 men with me. These guys have been with me, strong men. With them, I've gone to different cities and nations and villages and defeated them. Now they are with me, they are angry, they are motivated to go kill people who have taken away their wives and children. They are motivated. We have enough manpower boots on the ground to go chase after these people, but he dare not do that. He disregarded the resources he had on ground. He disregarded the access he had to kings in Philistine. He could have summoned extra army to follow him to go chase the people who took away his family. But he left it down. He left his army. He left everything he had. He left his contacts. Everything that mattered to him, his experience as a warrior, he put it down. He asked God, God, should I pursue? He could have gone with his CV. I am David, the giant slayer. I've killed Goliath before. I've killed several Philistines. I've raided Philistine villages. I can do this all by myself. He did not do that. He put his experiences down. All the resources at his disposal. He put them down so that they can ask the Lord. When you come to God to ask the Lord, leave everything aside. Ask God, should I do it? Should I not do it? Number two reason why we should ask God like David asked God. Why we should pop the question to God is that our power is limited. Like our knowledge. Our power is limited. But God is omnipotent. Don't rush into a venture because of the, the might you think you have today. That might might not carry you to tomorrow. It's an unwise thing to bank on the, an unknown future based on no resources today. Your resources are not infinite. I think that's the first thing I, I learned in economics. Your resources are going to run out anyway. So you've got to find the best way of allocating them. You allocate your resources best when you ask the one who has infinite resources. Infinite wisdom and infinite power. He can guide you. He sees what you don't see. 
It is 40 years from now, 400 years from now, 4,000 years from now, 4 million years from now, eternity from now. It is from today. He knows where you will run out. That strength that is shocking you today, he knows where that strength will finish. He knows when you will meet your match if you run against his will. He knows how it will end. So you're going to bank on him? Whose bank is infinite in size? Because things look good today. You feel you have enough resources to run into it. Do you know what will happen tomorrow? With the choices you are trying to make today without consulting him, do you know what will happen tomorrow? Pop the question. Ask the Lord, what should I do in this situation? As I wrap up this message, I just want to challenge you. Don't stay in that situation using your brain. Your brain cannot carry everything that is ahead of you. Thank God for science. Thank God for education. Thank God for everything you've got. And this is not about taking anything away from what you've got. And we've got a lot. We've been endowed by God. We've been given fantastic super machines called brains. But in the big scheme of things, they are not enough. You got to ask God. You need to ask God, not horoscope. It's Him you need to ask. Many of us consult mediums on a, on a low key level. You know, I'm born in so 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 months. So what's going to happen to me today? You are consulting horoscope. No, that's not where you get your guidance from. Mm-mm. Our help comes from the name of the Lord. Ask God. That relationship you are in. That person that is vibing around you, you're vibing with them. You're having chemistry. Before the chemistry will turn to biology. Please ask God. Don't let almost lead you. Ask God. Ask God. I think somebody put it very well in a very crude language. If almost lead you, where they will lead you to, you may not be able to come out of it. Ask God before you make that commitment. Before you pop that question on Monday, ask God. Is this the way I should go? Ask God before you ask him or you ask her. Ask God. Ask the maker, not the market. Many of us want to invest. We are checking the stats. It's good. And there is nothing against checking the stats, reviewing or scanning the environment before you take a decision. But before you do that, please ask God. People have asked the market and they have plunged all their resources into a venture. And they have come out with zilch. Nothing. Everything ruined because the market dynamics changed suddenly, unpredictably. Ask God, not the market. Ask the maker. Ask Jesus. Don't just tell him. We are fond of telling Jesus, this is what I want to do. Lord, bless it. You are not Lord. He is Lord. He should tell you what to do. Ask Jesus, not tell Jesus. Not just to tell Jesus. Ask Jesus. Let him lead you. Ask the Savior, not Siri. Many of us, you just, you know, tap your iPhone. Hey Siri, what should I do? How do I do this? Ask Jesus. Ask the Savior, not Siri. Ask him. You know how to talk to the artificial intelligence on your phone. Oh, we know how to ask Google. Ask God, please. Ask God. God is more intelligent than every artificial intelligence you can have. And guess what? He put his spirit right inside of you. Right inside of you. Waiting for you to ask so that he can lead you. Bible says for as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Not as many that are led by Siri and Google. Ask God. Pray to God. Ask Him. Should I do it? Should I not do it? You'll be amazed. The Father is waiting to give you direction. Like every good father. Our Father is waiting to give you direction. 
You are confused. You don't know what to do. You have many choices. You don't know which one you should take. Ask God. Don't ask me. Ask God. I don't know. I know in part. I prophesy in part. But God knows in full. And he knows all things. So ask God. I pray for you this morning. That as you get to those crossroads. Wondering which way you should go. I pray in the name of Jesus. That you will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Speaking expressly to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that your appetite for prayer will increase. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God. That it will shift your mindset from the other people you ask. And shift your mindset to him. Who has all the answers accurately in the name of Jesus Christ? I pray for you, you will not get it wrong in life. But adventure, you have taken a wrong turn already. I pray for a spiritual redirection to orchestrate your realignment into His will in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that all around you from this moment will continue to convince you towards the will of God in the name of Jesus. Everything that you have begun to do that is not of His will, I pray by His mercy and wisdom. If we are made in the name of Jesus and give you the courage to follow him further in the name of Jesus we bless your holy name father Lord we thank you for this word today we pray that it will help us that you will help us and indeed we will be helped of the Lord in the name of Jesus thank you father for what you have told us today we receive grace to be obedient in Jesus mighty name we are praying put your hands together for Jesus clap 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 unto the Lord clap for Jesus God bless you for joining us today and listening. We know that you have been blessed and we know next week will be awesome. We're going to another phase in our road to recovery. And we'll be picking further lessons. Invite your friends. Share this message. It's free. Freely have we received. Freely do we give. Feel free to share this message on any platform that you are taking it from or you are listening to it. God bless you and see you next week by His grace. Put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street off Eric Mosso Lagos. God bless you.